Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, it's Drea, and welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. We are in our 52nd episode. This is part two. We are covering the really big case of Biggie and Tupac. This is why we had to cut it into two parts, and you are about to listen to part two. In last week's episode, we covered Biggie and Tupac's earlier days, how they met, became friends, and ultimately became enemies. Um, At the very end of the last episode, Jackie was telling us all about Tupac and his girlfriend, Kadada Jones. And that's where we're going to pick up right now. Enjoy. So, and that was several months before he dies. So not a whole year, I don't think, but like they've been dating for a while before uh, he goes. So she's there at Las Vegas. She's staying. I think they're staying in the MGM Grand. The Tyson fight is in the MGM Grand. So the fight happens. Mike wins. They go. They congratulate him. So basically they're walking through the MGM Grand and one of the people in Tupac's crew is like, dude, that's. Orlando, that's baby Lane Anderson. And so he's referring back to an incident that happened earlier where Crips gang members from Compton had tried to rob at a footlocker mm-hmm. a member of the Bloods. Yeah. So basically it's like gang turf stuff and you've got somebody who's with Tupac who's like, there's that dude. He, he went after one of our crew. Yeah. And the so, whole thing was like, Death Row Records had given everybody like a chain necklace, like medallion kind of thing. Oh. And so the other, uh, like Orlando was like, during the fight, he was trying to take it from him. And so this whole thing, like... I didn't know there was a during the fight thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. that, that was the original fight. And then they see him at the MGM. See, I only knew about the previous one at the Foot Locker. So there was like, he had tried to rob somebody at the Foot Locker and uh-huh. there was this whole thing there. And I thought it was like, hey, that's that dude from Let's Go After That Guy. But there's a medallion thing. No, I think that's it. Because they were at uh, Lakewood Mall. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the same thing. The medallion. Yeah. I thought you were yeah, saying yeah. at the fight. Like, no, ringside. No, 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 no. He's trying to pull no. a necklace off of people. I was like, <laughs> no, that's no. weird. Um, do we want to clean that up? No. I, okay, we're gonna... I like that I didn't understand. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that makes sense. Trying to steal expensive jewelry off mm-hmm. of somebody. I get it. Okay, so then they see him and they're like, that's that dude. Let's get him. So then they all go mobbing. And this is, there's footage. You can look this up. It is security camera on the lobby of the MGM Grand. They just go running over. Tupac says something. I can't remember what snide thing he says, but he says something as he like cold clocks him. Mm -hmm. Knocks him down. And then they all just start like stomping on him. Suge Knight, for stomping on him in that video, gets, uh, he's breaking his parole. And he ends up in jail for nine years after that. Jeez. Okay. But so... He's not in jail yet because we're still in the thick of it. So they go and they beat the guy up and his girlfriend is upstairs. She's staying at the hotel. He goes, he's like changing his clothes because they're going to go out to a club. And she's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go. And he's like, nope, you're staying here. We're going to go to the club. There's like beef going on because they just beat up this dude. Instead of like, oh, there's trouble. I should stay in. He's like, no, there's trouble. You should stay in. I'm going to go. So he... And this was a little tidbit I got. He changes into a green tank top. Green is his favorite color. Mm. It was like a jersey kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes. So they go down and they're going to get into and they've got like a bunch of cars. His normal bodyguards. So there's like weird stuff with the bodyguards that mm-hmm. night of like 
people couldn't go to certain places because they weren't allowed to have guns in mm-hmm. certain places. And some people were like, well, I'm going to keep my gun, so I guess I can't be there, there, but I'll have my gun here. And his normal bodyguard, who would have been in the car with him and been right there, Tupac told him, no, there's going to be a bunch of us coming back from the club. We need more cars. So why don't you get Kidada's car? It's almost out of gas. And you drive it there like I'm imagining you're going to get some gas. And from what I know, he was an off-duty police officer. There's a lot of off-duty cops involved Mm -hmm. in a lot of this. On both sides, yeah. Um, Yeah, a lot of moonlighting, which is a normal thing that cops do. They were like, you'll go to concert. Like I can remember going to plenty of concerts out in Oakland and you would have off-duty not even off because they're in their uniforms but mm-hmm. they're off i don't know how the yeah, pay yeah. of that works um but they definitely work security for events i knew a cop that was a retired cop who would like drive around the ceo of like a really big uh medical company like you just you get all this weird work mm-hmm. um okay so it's at a, between like 11 and 1105 they're stopped on Las Vegas Boulevard. They're by, uh, so they get stopped by Metro Las Vegas police, bicycle cops. <sighs> and the bicycle cops are like, your stereo's too loud and you don't have any license plates on this car. <laughs> Which is so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've stopped them. They pull, like, they find the license plates in the back of the car. Uh, they turn the radio down. And they're like, all right, you guys can go. So that's about 11.15. They take off and they leave from there. So then they stop at a light. And this is when a, and I'm just kind of reading most of this, uh, a white four-door late model Cadillac with unknown occupants pulls up to the right side of Tupac's sedan. Someone inside shoots gun, like just starts lighting it up. Tupac's hit four times, twice in the chest, once in the arm, once in the thigh. Uh... One of the bullets goes through his lung, which ultimately, during during surgery later, they try to they remove the mm-hmm. lung, and it's still not. And Suge Knight is the one who's driving. Suge Knight's driving. Tupac's passenger. Suge. So they say that Suge gets grazed uh-huh. by a bullet in the back of the head, and then there's some interview with him where he's talking about how there's a bullet in his brain, and the the doctors didn't want to take it out, and like he starts going off and all no. that stuff. Where you're like, mm, no, no. That's not true. <laughs> um, so then you've got like, then all of his bodyguards are kind of going crazy because they're ahead, they're behind. Uh, Suge like gets out of there, mm-hmm. then gets to essentially where they were pulled over before. gets mm-hmm. to Metro Police, like finds those bicycle cops. They call over paramedics. They're trying to pull them out. Everyone's asking like, Pac, who shot you? Who shot you? Who shot you? There's wild debate about what his last words were. Um, because one person, I think it's a police officer, one person says that as they're asking him and quizzing him, like, who shot you trying to get it out of him? He just goes, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Nobody else heard that. Yeah. Just this one guy. But maybe only he heard it. Hard hard to really know. From, From that story, what I read is he couldn't talk about it until he retired. So it was like 18 years later. The police officer. Yes. And he finally was like, now I'm retired. Now I can tell you what his last words were. Oh. And he was like, when I was like trying to ask him who shot him, like who shot you, who shot you? He was super incoherent. He was kind of all over the place. And, and in the same instant, all of a sudden he became real calm. And he just looked at me and he was like, fuck you. <laughs> and, <passed laughs> and, and yeah, which I don't Pac, know. Pac was weird. Cause even if you go back to the first time that he got 
shot. shot. He checked himself out of the hospital against doctor's orders. He was so sure, like, because he was so sure that that was a hit on him, which it very well could have been, Mm -hmm. um, and they wouldn't position police officers there. They were like, you're safe. You're fine. His bodyguards were there, like, round the clock. They're like, well, we'll fucking stay with him. And then as soon as he could, like, get out of bed, they were like, he he left. He was like, I'll sign your stupid stuff, but I'm not hanging out here. Yeah. Uh, He's very untrusting Mm -hmm. of any of that world. So then the second time around, so now in Las Vegas, he's been shot. He gets to the hospital. He keeps trying to get out of bed. He Mm. keeps removing stuff like he does not want to be there and he keeps would you no but at the same ah i'm very compliant with doctors yeah but someone has shot you twice obviously someone is out to get you i yeah i get that i get that mentality but i also understand i can't live without doctor's help gotcha okay i've been shot five times before five (laughs) times five times and then four times yeah yeah. i have bull i'm they shot my lung yeah as someone who has had, I have had doctors, they, bloop, they took all the air out of my lung. They like, what do you call that? What do you call it when Death. you? Death. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had surgery. Collapse. They collapsed my lung okay. so that they could get by it with tools. Yeah. I've literally had my lung collapse. Like, you're not trying to get out of bed. Yeah. It's crazy. So because he's being so nuts and they're trying to save his yeah. life, they had to put him into a medically induced coma. Ugh. They're like, you got to... Because he was there for, what, six days? They're like, you got to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's awake for... He's awake for parts of it. Yeah. Um, And Kidata Jones is there the whole time. Ugh. Yeah. How sad for her. Because she Ugh. was in the hotel room. He told gotta, her to stay. That's got to be rough. And, like, thank God she wasn't in the car. Yeah. Because she would I mean, have been in... I mean, he was right in that way. Yeah. He should also have not yeah. been going out. You didn't talk about... So as they're driving... Because they, the reason why they took that main street is because Suge wanted to... I'm sure Tupac, too, wanted to, like, show off that they were oh, there. Yeah. And as they're driving, people are cheering. They're seeing who there's they a, are. There's a picture. There's a picture. Girls, right? Taken by two girls, right? Yeah. So these, these two girls pull up next to them at a stoplight, and they're like... It's so fun. Like, you can, like it's so Vegas. Or just being out. Uh, but literally, like, Tupac's just, like, yelling out the window, like, where are you going? And like, oh, we're going. He's like, you need, like, we're headed to this club. Like, come to this club. They're like, all right, we'll meet you. Like, they're literally just, like, mm-hmm. hitting each other through cars. And they snap a picture. And it's On a their- picture of them in the car. Tupac. Like, Shug, minutes. Minutes before. Minutes before. Yeah. You can see the online. Yeah. It's crazy. So, ultimately, he succumbs to his wounds mm. six days later. And he has a lung transplant. Like, they take out a lung. Mm-hmm. He goes through that surgery. He goes through multiple surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. And, he- and then, ultimately, he dies. <sighs> or did he? Okay. We'll get it. We'll get into the conspiracy <laughs> at, at the end. Um, all right. Oh. So, oh. then, and then you have more to say to this. Yes. So, all I have is that the next day, he's cremated. Mm-hmm. And that you have, there are... People in the outlaws with Z that claim. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Outlaws. It's a rap group. Yeah, it's okay, a rap group, cool. Drea. They're real cool. Uh, they claim that some of the ashes are mixed with uh, weed and that they smoke him. Ew, all the time? No, like they probably rolled one joint of two you cock and smoked s- him. Do not read the vape pen articles. How like things are getting out of control. Like you don't think health concerns. Well, have you ever like have you ever seen ashes? Yeah, that's just lumpy bumpy. Yeah. 
So <laughs> many people dispute that that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, There's another theory. Well, Suge, Suge Knight. Yeah. He he tells people that he actually had Tupac cremated, and the day after he died, he paid three million dollars to have him cremated. So I argued with that sum, and I was like, "That's kind of nuts." But then you got to think. Here's why I'm backpedaling off of that. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. I'm the timeline of that is very surprising. If that's true, if he's truly cremated the next day, we'll have to talk to my sister. He needs to have an autopsy. He needs to have like a, uh, he, a thorough. He, it was a murder. It was a natural causes. Yeah, there needs to be. You need to know where all the bullets Where's have the gone. Where's the medical examiner? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, Suge Knight paid three million dollars. These are his words that he paid three million dollars to have Tupac cremated the next day. Suge Knight's also a liar. Like one hundred percent. He fibs about 100%, stuff. One hundred percent. But isn't that that's super weird. No <laughs> I think he's in jail right now. We're cool. Shipman's not coming up. <laughs> he has too much time on his hands if he's coming after us. There are other podcasts that cover this case. God damn it. Yeah, it's um, But no, I I can see it's suspicious on Shook Knight for doing that if he really did that. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, yeah, I paid $3 million. And then the guy who did it just kind of disappeared and he's not in the picture anymore. So that's where a theory comes around that Tubak is still alive because there's no body okay. and there's no. So the reason I'm afraid of Shook Knight, if you haven't picked up on all the other stuff that Shook Knight has done. <laughs> Shook Knight also. So I love deep into my core, the VH1 show behind the music uh-huh. <laughs> i will watch a behind the music on a musical artist i despise that's a great show mm-hmm. and i absolutely love it <laughs> and the vanilla ice behind the music is <laughs> great yeah and at one point in that behind the music they oh, start mm-hmm. they start that talking about thing. how so long story short vanilla ice writes ice ice baby dun 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 no 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 theirs is like <laughs> din, 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 din. and ours is like Ding, 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 ding. It's totally different. It's totally different. So Vanilla Ice co-wrote it with this guy, and we'll call him Jim. That's not his name. I can't remember it. So he writes it with Jim, and and he probably did write it with Jim. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Doesn't you can matter. say some dude if you don't know his name. Yeah, he, with some guy. So he writes it with this guy. Then it becomes huge it's giant it's all this stuff and maybe this guy all he did was go no it should be ding 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 uh-huh. like maybe he had no real part in it but so that guy is at the very least friends with suge knight or tells the story somehow suge knight gets involved and suge's like i'll get you your money so he goes after vanilla ice and he's like you owe this guy this guy co-wrote that song and he, like all the millions you're making right now you gotta share with this guy he helped write that hit song. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's right and maybe he's wrong. Yeah. I bet I'm, you should get got I'm, a piece, yeah, piece I'm not, of that. I'm not really going to argue that part. Who knows who wrote that song with Vanilla Ice? But Vanilla is like, I'm not sharing this money. No. He, either I'm not going to share it and I'm going to be a stingy co-writer or I wrote this song. I don't, I don't owe this guy anything. But he's kind of saying no, no, no. Then he's in a hotel room. Should Night bust in. You haven't heard this? No. <sighs> Vanilla Ice changes his story. So... His first story is, shouldn't I bust into this hotel room and he's like, you're going to sign this paperwork right now saying that this guy co-wrote this song with you and you're going to give him a bunch of money. And he's like, no, no, no. And he picks Vanilla Ice up (gasps) by his ankles and holds him over the balcony. (laughs) And he's like, you sure about that? 
And he's like, I'll sign your paper. And he pulls him back over the balcony and Vanilla Ice signs the paper. And he's like, that that dude write, wrote that song with yeah, me. Yeah, 100%. Now when you see interviews with Vanilla Ice or like shortly thereafter, he's like, no, nah, there was just a dis... There was a disagreement. People didn't understand. Like, he wrote that song with me. Like, he totally <laughs> backpedals like, and everything. Yeah, yep, it's all good. It's all good. That's terrifying. Nothing, nothing happened with Suge. That's exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but, that, but that's why I'm afraid of Suge Knight. So, just to tie up the, the two parts. So, essentially, what Las Vegas PD is saying, what everyone is saying, is... That this was a retaliatory killing mm-hmm. because earlier that night they had beat up a Crip and this was the Crips coming after the Bloods and that they were shooting as a retaliatory thing. Mm-hmm. There are, and we can get into these theories, there are theories that Death Row Records owed Tupac a lot of money mm-hmm. and the Tupac was voicing that he was leaving Death Row mm-hmm. and Suge Knight ordered a hit on Tupac. Mm-hmm. There's also, I mean, also, I have a whole conspiracy mm-hmm. theory section at the end, but there was also a theory that um, Tupac was going to leave Death Row and make his own, like, mm-hmm. uh, record Which a lot company. of people do. And, um, you get big enough and you're like, I can fund it. Yeah, and he was going to get his lawyers in on and all this stuff, and um, Suge was like, no. And then ordered well, a Suge's hit. already been out of shape because Dr. Dre already left. Exactly. Dr. Dre left and started his own thing. Yeah. And so Suge's like, I'm not going to let every major artist leave this. Yeah. And from what I can gather, um, from what the police have kind of concluded but can't get enough evidence, mm-hmm. is Orlando Anderson is so the that's one. Lane. That's the dude they beat up. Is the one who beat up with the whole necklace situation. Yeah. Um, and they beat him up at the MGM. Bunch of boys fighting over jewelry. So they're saying that he and his nephew, uh, uh, Keefy D, were the ones with a couple Keefy other Crips. With a couple other Crips got in a car and they, they were the ones in the car who shot Tupac. Yeah. Um, so that's the main theory, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then there's a bunch of, like, dirty cops oh, smattered in on oh that. Oh, my God. There, There's so many... Okay, we'll get in... Ugh, I keep saying this. We'll get into this more, because yeah. I have to go into Biggie's part. Yeah. But there's a detective pool, and he just kind of goes off the, the deep, deep end. end. He's been a cop for what? 20 uh, years, I think. Sorry, a detective for, like, 20, 20 years. And is he in a homicide I, I think he's in homicide, but yeah. he gets the Christopher Christopher Wallace case. He's in case. homicide. The second time it's opened up, they grab a narcotics. Yeah. Um, and so he's in uh, homicide. He gets the Christopher Wallace case. and Biggie. Yeah, Biggie. Thank you, in case you forgot. And um, Kevin Gaines is another detective undercover with another officer, and they get into a dispute off-duty, and Kevin Gaines ends up dying. Mm-hmm. And so... And then there's another case where this cop... But, like, the story is that, yeah. like, Kevin Gaines, when getting into this beef with this other cop, mm-hmm. is throwing gang signs mm-hmm. and, like, like so... And he has Suge Knight's wife's car. And had a relationship with her. Yes. And, like, an open relationship. Like, people yeah. knew about it. And so there's Suge Knight again. I can't imagine Suge Knight having an open relationship with his wife in that way. Yeah. Seems, I don't know. Seems like a dude who'd get mad. Exactly. Um, but then on top of that, there's so many layers to the story. There's so there's an LAPD. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. There's an LAPD officer who, with other officers, are robbing banks. Mac. They yes. Mac he, and I can't remember. There's other ones. Yeah. But they, Mac's got a mustache that is unforgettable. Yes. <laughs> 
you know that mustache in a lineup. Um, but if it you, looks, it's like a Steve Harvey. Yes, it is yes. so thick. Um, but of the time, they did the biggest bank heist in Southern California. And or, they're fucking cops. And they're fucking cops. It's crazy. It was like seven hundred and fifty G's. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that's a whole another conspiracy. Yeah. So there's all this conspiracy. Well, that's like, and they did that. Like, it's no, not no, a, no, it's that, not no, a conspiracy that, that these cops robbed banks. They, they did that. No, but the, that they're involved in all this other yes. stuff. So Detective Poole has this whole theory that the LAPD and all the other cops from other counties were in on this because they were within the gangs and off-duty police officers working with Death Row and like Puff Daddy, and so Officer Hackey gets mm-hmm. in there. So like Officer Hackey was a Compton police officer who is also an fbi informant like he's so this was a long tangent for me to come back around to why i am scared of suge knight oh okay so one night suge and tupac are hanging out and they get puff daddy's best friend mark anthony bell to come over to drink with them and they're like hey where does where does diddy live where's his mom's address why don't you tell us where his mom lives? Because they're they're trying to they're trying to go after Diddy's family at this point. I don't like it because it's That's getting real old school mobster yeah. shit. And um, so, uh, Suge and Tupac leave the room, and uh, Mark is there with two other bouncers, and they start like kind of roughing him up, and then Suge comes back in, and he pisses into a champagne flute, and he's like, "You gotta drink this." And there's this, like, whole back and forth. I think Mark eventually jumps out the window. But it's just, like, some crazy shit. Isn't that crazy? They just, like... I've been silent this whole time because my face <laughs> has been saying all the words. That's nuts. Yes. And some... some Drea? Yeah. No. How scared are you before you drink someone's pee? What... <laughs> we had this whole conversation <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Okay, so back to the case. So Tupac has just died. Um, and Biggie or does. has he? Okay, calm down. <laughs> so Biggie does an interview. And this is what he has to say on Tupac's death. It's a funny thing. I kind of realized how powerful Tupac and I was. We two individual people, we waged a coastal beef. You know what I'm saying? One man against one man made a whole West Coast hate a whole East Coast and vice versa. And that really bugged me out. Like, yo, dude, don't like me. So his whole coast don't like me. I don't like him. So my whole coast don't like him. It let me know how much strength I have. So what I'm trying to do now, I've got to be the one to try to flip it and take my power and flip it. Like, yo, because Pac can't be the one to try to squash it because he's gone so i gotta take the weight on both sides crazy so essentially biggie's like i never wanted this beef it happened it got out of control yes we both kind of fueled it stop it yeah tupac's gone now my influence this is stupid so is his do you know he has that's like i'm going back to cali Mm -hmm. and he takes the the riff Mm -hmm. off of ll cool j Mm -hmm. um that was that this trip like he was he went out like oh i don't know I, that's a great question i could be wrong i feel like that song came out and he was like he was and everyone was like don't go to cal everyone was yeah. telling him don't go to the west coast yeah and he did and then he died yeah spoiler alert god damn it jaggy <laughs> people don't know what happened to biggie all right so six months after tupac's death in february of 1997 biggie goes back to california and he's promoting his album life after death 
and he's there to record a music video, and it's the lead single, uh, Hyp- Hyp- Hypnotize. Good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, and, like, this is a little aside, but I was reading this whole article about um, the photographer who got to shoot the album co- cover of Life After Death. Okay. So B- Diddy was like, we're going to a cemetery. Like, like at first they're in the, they're in the studio. Okay. They're shooting photos. He's like, this isn't working. This isn't working. Let's go to a cemetery. So they go out there. They're doing photos, still not working. And so the photographer's like, okay, let me go find this spot. And there's two photos. There's one where Biggie is in front all in front of all these tombstones, and it looks like the tombstones are kind of moving in the background. Oh. And Biggie's just like right in front of him, and he's like side eyeing the camera, and that's really eerie. And then the other one is of him next to a hearse, and it's just him and some like you could, like some smoke coming off some like fog machine yeah. action, and it's just so creepy now. Creepy now. Because of what's about to happen. So on March 8th of 1997, Biggie pre- presents an award to Tony Braxton at the 11th Annual Soul Train Music Awards in Los Angeles and is booed by some of the audience. Mm. After the ceremony, he goes to an after party hosted by Vibe and Quest Records at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, guests include Evans, Aaliyah, Diddy, and members of the Crips and the Blood Gangs. And it gets out of control. It's, it's- bumping it sounds like a fun party yes you would think it was like an album release party it gets closed down by the fire marshal yes uh uh-huh they come in they have to shut it down it's like midnight at this point and they start dispersing so um around 12 30 a.m biggie leaves with his crew in two gmc suburbans to go back to their hotel um biggie is in the front passenger seat and he's in the and he's in the car with damien d rock butler Little C's and driver Gregory G. Money Young. Diddy is in the other car with three bodyguards. Um, so they're separated. Uh, both cars are followed by a Chevrolet Blazer driven by Paul uh, Afford, who is a bad boys director of security, and then Reggie Baylock, who is moonlighting uh, as a, or he's a police officer he's moonlighting. moonlighting. Yeah. Um, so by 12. 45 a.m. the streets are crowded with people because you know people are trying to figure out rides there's no uber at this time of day so uh they're trying to figure out what's going on and it's crazy imagine the surge pricing (laughs) insane but it's crazy because all these people are in the streets you have random footage of what's going on at this point there's so much crazy random footage it it makes me feel like here's what's so weird if that happened now mm-hmm. i wouldn't find that crazy at all mm-hmm. everybody has a cell phone mm-hmm. there's footage of literally everything but back in the mm-hmm. late 90s mm-hmm. it's that's bizarre to think yeah that there is. yeah um so by um people had camcorders that's what that means <laughs> they're whipping people it are out. out there with their camcorders <laughs> um so milling about of people so they their entourage starts to pull away and biggie's truck stops at a red light just 50 yards away from the party a black chevy uh chevy impala pulls up some say it's a dark green it's a dark color um and it pulls up alongside the truck the driver of the impala an an african-american male dressed in a blue suit and bow tie rolls down his window Draws, that's from witnesses mm-hmm, draws a nine millimeter blue steel pistol and fires at the gmc suburban did everybody inside the suburban die or just biggie i think just biggie so they're probably witnesses to what that shooter looked like yeah and then like so but then also not really really willing willing to be a witness so from the uh unsolved um the dramatization yes um 
everybody was saying it was like a black Impala and a dark Impala. But then like um, the off-duty police officer was like, no, it wasn't even an Impala. It was this kind of car. So he was the only one who said it was a different vehicle. I would trust that dude. Wouldn't you, you trust that dude? Yes. They're the ones who are literally trained to catalog information yes. like that. Yeah. That's what I, I thought that so was interesting. So many times in normal life that is not a crime, mm-hmm. you've proven how terrible everyone's memories are. The other day at work. That was crazy. <laughs> there was a, a misplace of keys at our work and everyone's memories were not jiving like there was one who was so certain and they weren't even on the right day yeah yes that could just that just proves right there to me yeah so it made me question i knew (laughs) that what they were saying wasn't true for me but it made me question myself and be like did i completely forget (laughs) something happening to me and no i didn't um so They fire onto the truck. Four bullets hit Biggie. His entourage rushes him to Cedars uh, Medical Center, but he's pronounced dead at 1.15 a.m. Oh, so like not like Tupac Rit lingers and... Instant. Um, So on March uh, March 25th of 1997, Bad Boy released Biggie's album called Life After Death. And like I was saying, the cover is Biggie next to a hearse. Um. Which is super eerie to everybody. Yeah. And, like, the lyrics of some of his songs are, like, he's speaking for the grave. Like, he T- knew Tupac this was going to happen. Tupac had stuff like, he'd written down, like, my mm-hmm. suicide note. Yeah. Like, there's just... Yeah. Um, it had uh, collaborations with art- artists including Puff Daddy, Jay-Z, uh, Lil' Kim, Maz, yeah. R. Kelly, um, DMC, and a bunch of others. And um, it would be nominated for three Grammy Awards for Best Rap Album, Best Solo Rap Performance, for the lead single hypnotize and best performance by a duo or group for its second single mo money mo problems which money featured puff problems. daddy and maz yeah yeah uh the album was certified diamond in 2000 after selling more than 10 million copies mm-hmm. so not only was the album title spooky but his song long kiss goodnight was also seen uh, also seemed to be referring to the time top uh tupac got shot and survived in new york um quote when my when my men bust you just move with such stamina slugs missed you i ain't mad at you but according to the hip-hop magazine xxl the song was probably recorded before tupac's actual murder so again songs that were pre-recorded and then people read into it yeah it's like Um, horoscopes you can make them feel like they're right yeah (laughs) but with biggie's death and tupac's um death the east coast west coast feud kind of just ended um, on yeah. March on March of eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven, Biggie's memorial service was held at the Frank E. Campbell Funeral Chapel in Manhattan. Among three hundred fifty guests arrived, which included Little Kim, Mary J. Blige, Queen Latifah, Run DMC, Busta Rhymes, Foxy Brown, and other um, prof- big profile uh, artists. Uh, Biggie lay in an open mahogany casket, dressed in a white suit. And after the service, his remains were cre- uh, cremated. Do you remember that song that Puffy put out with Faith Evans? It was no. a, they sampled the police, every breath you take. It was like, uh, what was the name of that song? It was I'll Be Missing You. They took I'll Be Watching You from the uh-huh. police. And the whole thing was like a big tribute to oh, Biggie. It no. was huge. It was all over TRL, I remember. Dang. Um, so Biggie is featured on a, uh, no fewer than five songs on Puff Daddy's 1997 album, No Way Out. Because then Puffy got all in the mute. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, a single from the album, I'll Be Missing You, dedicated to Biggie's <laughs> memory, won the Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group in 1998, ironically beating Biggie himself, 
whose Mo oh. Money Mo Problems was nominated in the same category. Mm. Uh, two more albums using uh, previously. I can see why Grammy voters would have that. It was very sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see why it won. Uh, two more albums, uh, usually or using previously unreleased material, "Born Again" in 1999 and duets in the final chapter in 2005, featuring a guest of hosts including Eminem, Jay Z, Mary J. Bly, and bizarrely Bob Marley, also from Beyond the Grave and the metal band Corn. Oh, Corn! <laughs> That's so of the time. Um and. In history, most that I've come across would say Biggie's the best rapper that's ever lived. Do you agree with that? I don't... He's got some bangers. So, I've... <sighs> What's your definition of the, of the best rapper yeah, alive? Yeah, here, here's what... Of the age. It's of... You know what I mean? I'm not the person to say this. Because I don't have it... Like, I'm not an avid rap listener. Yeah. So as an outsider, I have enjoyed more Tupac songs mm-hmm. than Biggie. I enjoy a handful of Biggie songs. I definitely know. We were talking about, I know more Tupac songs than I do And Biggie. I know I know more Biggie songs. But like, I'll talk to friends who are like, oh no, but like, there's definitely a, a favorite. Almost anybody will say that they like both. Mm-hmm. They'll go, I like both, but I prefer this one. I like this one, but I like more from this person. There's normally not a like, ah, oh, fuck them. It's this. Like the beefy part of it's mm-hmm. kind of gone. Well, I was I was reading this thing where it's like Biggie had more like party bangers and like mm. people like you played on the radio and it was just more popular. Whereas Tupac, yeah. you're not gonna play that at a radio or like on on the radio with your friends like at a party. That's true. You That's know what I mean? Very true. Yeah, I've always appreciated Tupac alone in my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to kind of. Um, back what I was saying, um, in 2002, the source magazine named Wallace, the greatest rapper of all, uh, rapper of all time in 2003, when XXL magazine asked There's several, ah, so, oh, it's so hard. There's so many rap- <laughs> each. Okay. Okay. Uh, asked several hip hop artists to list their five favorite MCs. Biggie's name appeared on more yeah. rappers list than anyone else. That's probably, I would, I would agree with that. In 2006, MTV ranked him at number three on their uh, list of greatest MCs of all time, calling him possibly the most skillful ever on the mic do we know who got number one i don't editors of about.com ranked him number three on their list of the top 50 mcs of uh, our time from 1987 to 2007 and rolling stone has referred to him as the greatest rapper that ever lived in 2015 billboard named wallace as the greatest rapper of all time there's a certain level of like when you die young uh-huh. it'll always add a certain mm-hmm. shade to everything but then also like I think more so than any other genre, each rapper has such a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And like rock and roll bands are different from each other. Like they're oh, yeah. wildly different, but there is, I don't, I don't know. Rappers are so unique in that. Look how different just Biggie and Tupac are. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you add in Nas and then you add it like there's so. What, what are you going through? What do you resonate with? Like, you know what I mean? What like, are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, you're like fighting I'm this. I'm ignorant. I'm, ig- <laughs> I'm, yeah, I disagree with it, but I also know I'm coming from ignorance. Um, okay. So that kind of, I'm wearing my East Bay sweatshirt. All right. I'm sure that's part of it. <laughs> so that kind of wraps up Biggie and Tupac's story. Yeah. So I have like one little fun fact, not fun. It's not fun at all. I you have kinda, a fact. I gave you fun, my fun facts throughout, like yes. the Madonna thing and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, but we kind of touched on Detective Pool. 
And Poole became oh. obsessed with Biggie and Tupac's murders and how um, the cops were involved. And it was mm-hmm. a big cover-up. Um, and they wouldn't give him the resources to look into it because it was a cover-up. Wouldn't you say, in a very different way, we've both been watching Mindhunter. Uh-huh. The obsession, there was a little holdenness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, wanting to solve it mm-hmm. to such a degree. Mm-hmm. At the expense of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I don't yeah. get it, but I kind of get I it. Because this it. past week, I've been so obsessed with this case. I've watched that one show I've talked about like three times. Unsolved, I've watched it three times. Through three times? Halfway through three times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because I watched it on the plane, and then I made Kyle watch it again oh, okay. with me. And then you watched yeah. it a little bit for research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, pool. He ends up retiring they they kick him off the case he's a sad character and he ends up retiring as a detective or he gets let go that's a little iffy. or he retires or uh, whatever. but he leaks information to the la times he's uh, in a weird thing yeah i watched a thing where so the stupid documentary that i watched mm-hmm. the guy really wants to talk to pool mm-hmm. and pool obviously really wants to talk to him mm-hmm but he's also in the middle of everything that he's got going on. And his lawyer is like, don't you dare talk to this documentary. What do you, you gain nothing, you mm-hmm. lose everything, mm-hmm. don't. And then he'll like get a hold of pool. And he's like, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to meet him at this. I'm going to, and then he'll get there and the lawyer's there and he's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then they'll be like, all right, we, we've got this meeting at the lawyer's office. Yeah. And then he'll get there and they're like, you're 45 minutes early. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm just excited. And I'm going to document. I'm going to set up. And yeah. they're like, okay, cool. But this is also a law office. Like, you're kind of in the way. Like, yeah. You can tell he's so rude. People are not polite back at him. To pool? So, no, no, no. Oh, this the, is the documentary yeah. guy. He's so rude about everything he does. No one's polite to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, okay, so I'll, I'll just wait. So then he waits. And then, like, it goes way past the time he's supposed to meet them. And then he's like, am I going to have a meeting? They're like, no, you're never going to have a meeting today. And he's like, and he leaves. (laughs) Then finally, Poole, like, reaches out to him. He's like, meet me at this diner. Let's talk to each other. So then, like, he finally does meet with him. And he gets, like, the interview. And Poole says all sorts of crazy stuff. And you can see how, like, he just cares so Mm -hmm. much. But at the same time, you're like, listen to your lawyer guy. Don't talk to this. Yeah documentary but, so dude he, he does talk to la times and they mm-hmm. post a story and then the the county is just like we're we're gonna sue you yeah we're gonna this that's is his lawyer inflammatory his lawyer yeah. kept mm-hmm. trying to protect him yes. and he couldn't let the and i understand this he couldn't let the injustice go mm-hmm. yeah. he was like i understand that this will destroy me yeah but people are lying the police are lying because mm-hmm. he really he wanted- felt he felt in his heart of mm-hmm. hearts that there was a major cover-up and that yeah. the LAPD had a lot to do with it. And he really wanted to help Christopher Wallace's mother, Valletta, uh-huh. to, like, put an end to her suffering, mm-hmm. to kind of close the case. Because she had also sued the LAPD. Yes, for $400 million. Yeah, because they accounted out and they're like, how much would he have made in his life? Yes. To, that's what's nuts. When you talk to these families, I remember the Goldmans went through this, too, where you have to monetize your deceased loved one's life. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly hard to do. hmm because for you, it's super emotional and you're dealing with people like your lawyer, that's their job. And while they're emotionally invested in what's going on, they're also like, it's their job. And so they're saying, you have to you have to write down a number and where does that number come from? And you have to say, well, what were, what were their yearly earnings? Let's add on, mm-hmm. you know, yearly bonuses and what would that have been? Like, there's just a shit ton of math and it's just so 
just disconnected and sad. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Tupac's murders happened six months later. Biggie mm-hmm. is also killed. And so for the next 10 years, they're kind of working through this case. But while they're working through the case, they're, they're not getting a lot of leads because nobody's talking. Mm-hmm. And then... 9-11 happens. You were telling me this. And the case just kind of gets dispersed because this whole country, like nationwide incident is going on and There's, all of our okay. resources you've, are going. You've, yeah. You have not gotten into The Wire, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. There's a great episode of The Wire where uh, McNulty goes to the FBI. He wants advice from a friend of his. And he's like, hey, this is what's going on with these drug dealers in Baltimore. Blah, 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 blah. And the FBI guy's like, oh, like, this is how we've been going at it. And we've got, like, this is the surveillance we use and blah, 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 blah. And, like, this Baltimore PD cop is just blown away by what the FBI is able to do and like, how much technology is involved. And uh, the FBI guy goes, well, this is our last. As soon as this case is over, we're packing it all up. We're, we're not allowed to investigate drugs anymore. Like, we're out of drugs. We're out of gangs. We're out of, like, damn, everything's moving to counterterrorism. And it speaks to the big shift after mm-hmm. 9-11 of policing shift. Mm-hmm. It, it shifted. You moved off of all that little... Yeah. And so that happens and it kind of gets dispersed. And so 10 years after the murders happen, the case gets picked back up again because Valletta, Biggie's mother, uh-huh. fi- files a lawsuit against the, the county. Yeah. And it takes them, the new task force, it takes them two years before they get their first lead. And so it's just like, because again, no one's talking, case. no one's talking. And that's when they get Keefy D on. That's right. It's gallant. It's a, cra- it's a shit ton because it's PCP in a liquid form. It's this crazy amount of PCP in liquid form and they get him for that. And so he comes in. How much the- PCP would someone do? Like from a giant vat of PCP, okay, so you're how taking- much would you do? Would you the- do a drop of it? I think the norm is to take a cigarette and you're dipping it into the liquid of PCP. So it's not a lot. Oh, people dip things in? I've never it's, understood It's PCP. liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from what I can gather from what I've listened to, it's liquid. In this case, it's liquid it's form. It's always fun when, when people describe drugs that they've never done. <laughs> you sound so lame. Um, you take... No, I'm very You've cool. You've done PCP. I got no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm very cool. I've not done PCP. No, you take a cigarette and that's why you get wet. Because you're like dipping it into the liquid. I didn't know you get wet. You get wet. All right. So they get them on all this pcp okay and it goes off without a hitch there's undercover cops and they go in and they buy all this stuff from him and so then they're like hey we're gonna Squeal get you like a pig we're gonna get you on this murder and he's like which like what are you talking about and they're like we'll see you in a month and they don't talk to him for a month and he's lawyered oh, they up just let uh-huh. him stew for, so an hour after they talk to him it he like so lawyers hard up to do yes. that from both sides yes and so they sit down and are like tell us about biggie he's like we weren't involved in that one and they're like what are you talking about he's like I can tell you about which one we were involved, Tupac. And then he, so this is Kivy D. He's the uncle of Orlando Anderson. And so they kind of give the tidbits for Tupac's case. So, but back to Detective Poole. Yeah. (laughs) So Detective Poole obsessed with the case. And um, he actually goes into the LAPD's uh, sheriff's office Mm -hmm. and he's telling them all about the case again and his theory and how he's writing this book it's going to be tell all book called chaos merchants and in the middle of telling them all of the details he's getting all riled he's getting all riled he has a heart attack 
and he dies. So crazy. It's so tragic. It's so sad. He was so passionate about the case. There's a couple times in telling these stories, we've come across these cops who feel so strongly that they have the path to the truth. Mm -hmm. And maybe they are right. Maybe they are wrong. They're let go from their positions and they just follow it to the grave. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if this is true, but from what I gathered from Unsolved. Yep. (laughs) um, It's a good show. He... His family was disconnected from him at this point, like his wife and they kids. They were before he got the Biggie Smalls case. Ex- exactly. And then his brother went missing a That's year before. Said. So I think he had a lot of family stuff going on in the background that maybe he grabbed onto this case. Okay. And then he felt really passionate about the injustice of it all. Yeah. Injustice can rile up a person. Yeah. So, Jackie, now we're going to do conspiracy theories. So there's one theory that Orlando Anderson, we all remember him. Lane, the footlocker medallion guy. Yes. The Crip. Um, so he is a prime suspect in the murder of Tupac um, because he belonged to like a California-based gang known as the Southside Compton Crips. And there was a whole thing where, so he got into that fight at the mall and then at the MGM, Tupac. <laughs> that makes it sound like a, like. <laughs> Middle school. Let's go he got, to the He got mall. into that fight at the mall. Today. <laughs> okay. And then he goes to the MGM and Tupac and his crew jump him. Yeah. And so him and uh, Keefe D, which we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. were like, nah, 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 screw that. We're going to get them. And then they drove up and they, yeah. they shot him. Um, there are also theories that Suge Knight, um, which we talked about, the CEO of Death Row Records, um could have had something to do with the with either death. People believe, people believe he wanted Tupac dead so he wouldn't switch record labels yep. or that he had Biggie killed out of revenge for Tupac's murder or that he had Biggie killed to distract investigators from pointing the blame for Tupac's death in his direction. I feel like Biggie's murder to me is a bigger mystery than, than Tupac's. Tupac's. I feel like Tupac's makes to, more sense. To me, Tupac is either obviously a gang retaliation or it's Suge Knight. I don't think there's many other options. There's two very viable scenarios. And Wait, you think Suge Knight killed Tupac? Mm-hmm. Why? Because he was leaving Death Row Records. Ugh. But he did two albums. He owed him money. He owed uh... Tupac money, and Tupac was leaving. But how? you're not going to get money him... from a dead man. No, 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 no. Suge owed Tupac money. Suge owed Tupac money? Yes. Why? Shook put $1.4 million out for bail. Correct. But then business happens and records and Suge owed Tupac a lot of money. And Tupac was leaving, as the rumor goes. So there is motive for Suge to have killed Tupac. If Tupac's going to leave and he's going to be like, hey, I'm collecting on this debt. Mm Mm-hmm. If you kill him, you don't owe him the money anymore. Yeah. And you don't, you're not killing an artist that's under your label because he's not under your label. Yeah. So there's reason for Suge, too. There's reason for, like, gang retaliation for an earlier beating. Like, Tupac's makes a little bit more sense. It could be either of those two. I think it's possible to have some dirty cops sprinkled in on top and, mm-hmm. like, messing up the investigation. But Biggie's is a little bit more of a mystery. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So. Is uh... Biggie's there a sense, like... Essentially, is the prevailing theory that it's dirty cops with Biggie? I don't remember. Remember when you remember. I don't know. Um, but to kind of tie into what we were just mm-hmm. talking about, 
Um, this theory ties into the theory with Suge Knight and the LAPD officer, Russell Poole, who, um, who accused other LAPD officers of having connections to death row records and Suge Knight, who he thought planned Biggie's murder. So that kind of ties into his theory. I think Poole thinks Suge did it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Poole believed that Knight had Biggie murdered as revenge for Tupac's death. He was ordered to stop his investigation on the case and retired in 1999. Um, Uh, do you think... But there's so Suge Knight himself, who we know is not a reliable source, has said that Tupac is still alive. And there are like videos. If you killed him, wouldn't you say that? <laughs> there are like videos of him in Cuba I talking know, to a man sh- who looks like me, Tupac. And you're showing me all these pictures of him with Rihanna. I know, but those are fake. But like, but I think it's also weird that Suge had paid three million dollars to have him cremated. Okay. I will give it to you that, so quickly that, before the coroner could look at it. I'll I'll give it to you that there's there's I understand some parts of the faking your own death. No, no, I one hundred percent percent think top. <laughs> I one hundred percent think Tupac is dead, and I think Suge had something to do with it because he paid three million dollars to have him cremated. But let's take it the other way. Let's pretend Suge is on Tupac's side. Okay. Let's pretend. Let's take it the gang retaliation route, okay? So they beat up this dude. Suge's going to go to jail. It's a big-time problem. They're out. They're partying. They're on their way to the club. Tupac gets shot. All of that is just gangland stuff. Mm-hmm. Now Tupac's in the hospital. Tupac's dying, recovering, however, which way you want to take it. Do If if Suge has ever been in the hospital or there's any sort of way for Suge and Tupac while Tupac is recovering to have interacted with each other, then it's mildly believable in my mind that you would have Tupac go, get me out of here. Let's fake my death. They've now tried to shoot, kill me twice. And Suge is like, I got you brother. And they get him out and they move like, I'll, it doesn't really seem up Suge's alley, but let's pretend it is. Even if it's you're taking advantage of the situation that he, someone went after him for the second time, and you're like, let's pretend you died. Get him out. It seems really, really opposite everything about Tupac to live quietly out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. He's, now, maybe a life and death situation changes you in a way that is not... But he seemed really incapable of that change in every other aspect of his life. To live quietly on an island and not be famous and not seemed impossible. He's 100% not alive. Yeah, I just, I don't. No. Based on who he is, I don't think he could not, I don't think he could hide in the shadows. I think yeah. he's not capable of it. Okay, so we're going to put that to rest. Tupac is dead. We, we agree. Tupac's dead. Either gang people killed him or Shug did or... That's the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a theory for Biggie's murder. Okay. Diddy. So the theory is that after seeing how well Tupac's um, post-death album did oh, I don't for Death this. Row this Records, really Diddy, Diddy wanted sales to skyrocket for Biggie's upcoming album, ironically named Life After Death. No. So he hired gang members to shoot Biggie. No. Diddy's former... Can I... Sorry. Talk? I don't like it. All right. <laughs> Diddy's former bodyguard believes the allegations. According to a retired LAPD detective, Biggie's mother, Valletta, um, Wallace believes that Puff Daddy and Suge Knight are responsible for her son's murder. 
I don't want that to be true. Okay. And I don't like Puffy. Yeah. This is not coming from a big Puffy fan. Yeah. Not into it. He's still alive. I know he is. Okay. Puffy doesn't care about what I think. <laughs> okay. I'm going to I'm gonna do another conspiracy. What, no, what do you think of that one? I don't... I don't want to... I don't think that one's true. I just... I don't like, think... I think Biggie's more uh, cost-effective uh, alive. alive. Yes. And I just... I do think Puffy liked Biggie. Yeah. And I... Yeah, that seems... I don't think so. So another um, conspiracy theory is that the FBI had Tupac and Biggie killed... I've heard this one. ...in an attempt to end violent rap culture in the heat of the West Coast-East Coast hip-hop battle. It they, sounds... They've had their hand in other things. It sounds nuts. Yeah. And it's most likely nuts. Yeah. But... The U.S. government has definitely done crazy shit like that. The crack epidemic? They, they've they've done it, been caught, and admitted uh-huh. to it. Uh, K-Ultra? Uh, uh, that's CIA, yeah, but yeah. Uh, MK-Ultra? Yeah. Yeah, they gave people acid and didn't mm-hmm. tell them, and they wigged the fuck out and yeah. ruined their lives. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. government is not beyond crazy being crazy. Mm-hmm. Drive-by shooting, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems really far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, you think the LA riots, you see this back and forth. It seems There's really far-fetched. Of, yeah. I'm unwilling to say complete no, because I, I can see it, but. Yeah. And last but not least, they're both still alive. Have you heard, okay, so I heard this theory. I swear to God, if this is the theory that we heard on the snowshoeing trip. Yeah. Oh my God, you're ridiculous. Don't say that. <laughs> Go ahead, say that. Uh, it's a funny theory. <laughs> I don't think it's true either based on how they've lived their lives. We heard a theory from a friend that Biggie and Pac are alive and well and they had to fake their deaths because they're lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're living out the rest of their days together. Yeah. They fell in love, couldn't mm-hmm. be together. It's a standard Romeo and Juliet story, which mm-hmm. we know Pac is a fan of. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just, they had to, they couldn't live that life in the late 90s. (laughs) Anywho, (laughs) this is an amazing case because there's so much involved. We didn't even scratch the surface. No, because you have to know the before Biggie and Tupac. The timelines are so hard to keep track of. Because, like, that's what I do think is helpful about Wikipedia Mm -hmm. is it does, like, Break it down. Yeah. But, like, even before Biggie and Tupac came to be, you have um, Dr. Dre, you have all these other players in the mix that kind of set the foundation of what was to come. When I was researching this, I fell into this great documentary that Netflix has that was unrelated and, like, was a waste of my time in quotation marks in terms of I was supposed to be doing my homework and doing stuff for the podcast. Uh, But I started watching this, like, let me think, let me get the name of it because it was really good. Um, and there's multiple episodes, but I watched a whole thing about Bay Area hip hop and Too Short coming up and E40 and all of that was like, and like Pac was a part of it. Okay. So Netflix has a show called Hip Hop Evolution and each episode is a different, like they have the Southern way out of the trunk, the Bay. So that was all like Too Short selling cassettes out of his trunk. Uh, do the knowledge. That's all like Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. Uh, it's. It's well produced. They've got this great guy interviewing people. 
I really liked that one. Yeah. If you're just kind of into hip hop, it was cool. Uh, but again, we are a casual podcast. Like Jackie was saying, we we barely scratched the surface. There's so much more involved. And like you can like go into conspiracy theories. Go down the, the rabbit hole. With holes. the LAPD. Oh, I, I've loved all the different I theories. I thought this would be like kind of a new... This is a, a, a version of OJ. You mm-hmm. can get as into this as you do about OJ. Yeah. Um, but for now, this is our last episode. Hopefully, we'll see you back in January. Um, this is Drea. This is Jackie. And we'll see you next. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie and Drea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Killer Cocktails Podcast, or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up-to-date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at michellefirmdesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> <laughs>